Transmitter device activated. Coordinate set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast, the podcast where we explore the origins and the development of the DC Comics multiverse and the legacy of their Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and the Bronze Ages of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us, listeners, this week. We're back in the pages of Brave and the Bold. We are doing issue 88, which was published on the 23rd of December, 1969. So between the two issues of JLA that we did the other week. Merry Christmas, everyone. Why are we doing issue 88? Yes, Merry Merry Christmas, everyone, in 1969. To to all of you at home. Yes. (laughs) I see what you did there. Why are we doing issue 88 of Brave and the Bold, you you may be asking? Because it features features Wildcat, the Golden Age DC Comics superhero. A version of Wildcat has appeared a few times in the podcast already, Brave and the Bold and Issues of Justice League. But this one, of course, the Spectre, significantly. Mm-hmm. Yes. But this one's a bit contentious, and we'll probably just talk about that as we go, I think, won't we? Yeah, that's fine. Cool. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we'd, we'd, be, we'd be stuffed then, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> With all that in mind, and hopefully your tantalised listeners after that, mm-hmm. PC, do you want to tell everyone about the, and I've checked, I have prepared... The 19th Neil Adams cover. That's what it is. I've checked it precisely. 19th. Despite what I might have said in recent weeks, this is the 19th Neil Adams cover. This would be Paul Hardcastle's favourite Neil Adams cover. <laughs> At the top, we have Brave and Bold Presents, <laughs> Batman and Wildcat. Mm. And we have Wildcat. It looks like he's cowering behind a row of children. Yes. Uh, Batman's calling him out. He's saying... Wildcat, you're nothing but a has-been, a bum. Stop hiding behind those kids and come out and fight. And at the bottom, we have the title of the story, which is... Count Count Ten ten and and Die. Yes, I like the little boys all sort of standing in a row, protecting Wildcat Mm -hmm. almost. And of course, it's amusing because Peter and I being Scottish, the word bum is used for something different over here than it is in America. It is indeed. So it's, is Batman calling Wildcat an arse? <laughs> he may well be. Wildcat, you're nothing but a has-been. An arse. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense well, yes. if Batman was, was Scottish. Mm. So without further ado, our opening page. It's a big fancy, it looks like a Rolls Royce, pulled outside a rough-looking building, which has a sign on it that says, Rooms 50 cents a night. A caption for panel one, page one, says, Night in Gotham City, and the neon glows feverishly like the hopes of defeated men. We see none other than Alfred Pennyworth standing beside the Rolls Royce, wearing his cap and his chauffeur uniform. A tuxedoed Bruce Wayne is beside him. Bruce is heading towards the dodgy-looking building, and as he leaves Alfred, he says, Wait here, Alfred. Standing at the bottom of the steps leading into this dodgy rooms for rent building is a couple of shady looking characters. The first one says, Dig the swell, slumming. And the second one says, Yeah, and he's ripe for busting. Panel two, we've moved inside. Bruce Wayne is speaking to the receptionist. The receptionist has a very lined face. He's obviously been there a while. He's seen a few things. Bruce Wayne's obviously asked him a question because the receptionist says in reply, did you say Ted Grant? Nah, buddy. Nobody by that name registered here. And off camera, a familiar voice says, Correction, who wants me? And in panel three, we see the figure of an older man 
Grey temples, wearing a blue shirt, white t-shirt, brown trousers, talking to the tuxedo Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne says, Champ, am I glad I found you. I'm Bruce Wayne. Maybe you've heard of me. Where can we talk, Ted? Who didn't hear of you? Talk in my room, if you don't mind getting that monkey suit dusty. In the next panel, they're up in Ted's room. Ted's sat in the bed. Bruce is saying, What's the world's retired, undefeated heavyweight champ doing in Skid Row under a phony name? Punching from the first bell, eh, Wayne? Okay, it's an old story. Ex-champ opens gym to help underprivileged kids, gets involved in ghetto problems, goes into debt. Old pals turn deaf ears, gets slapped with lawsuits, lets down kids, closes gym, is counted down and out. In this panel, Bruce has got his checkbook out. Do people still write checks? I do. Bruce is saying to Ted, I'll pay those debts right now. Why? What's your angle? The World Youth Games open in Vienna next month, with 70 nations competing in a kind of Junior Olympics. I'm coaching America's fencing team, but we still need a boxing coach. The first panel of page two is a view from outside the, the window of Ted's room. Bruce Wayne continues. Somebody kids look up to. The greatest boxer of all time, Ted Grant. Nice pitch, Wayne, but I'm not buying it. I'm washed up. What kind of coach would a bum make for our young fighters? Nobody's ever beaten Ted, as long as he's on his feet. Cut the con job. I'm better off here. Let the world remember me as I was. The champ. If that's the way you want it, so long. So, the caption for panel three on page two. But as Bruce Wayne leaves... Yep, and we can see Ted standing next to his wardrobe rail, and he's holding the Wildcat uniform. And he's thinking, yeah, even as Wildcat I'm washed up, legs gone, so my reflexes. In this outfit, I wouldn't scare a crook's kid sister. But then he hears a noise from outside. There's a whack and a thud going on. And Ted says out loud, what's that? Panel four, he crosses to the window, looks out, and he's looking down beyond the room's 50 cent a night light, which is tremendous. Hope it doesn't, hope he can draw the curtains. Hope he doesn't have that <laughs> light radiating in every night. Anyway, and down on the street, there's a walk and a patow sound effect, and some people are fighting. Ted looks down and says, Wayne! being mugged by two goons, because that's what was going on. The caption name for the next panel says, Seconds later... And there's a massive crack sound effect as Ted Grant has rushed down and joined Bruce Wayne in the fight. He punches out one of the bad guys, saying, Two against one, no fun. Two against two, that's true blue. And as the bad guy that he's punched out falls backwards, he says, Ugh! And then, the final panel of page two, Ted muscles in on Bruce Wayne's fight, and with a patow, punches out the other bad guy. And as he does this, Ted says to Bruce, allow me, you'll get that monkey suit mushed. And then we arrive at the top of page three. We can see the goons in the alley, looking uncomfortable and down for the count. Bruce says, Thanks, Ted, for saving me from a drubbing. Forget it. Guess I've still got my punch. Ah, on second thought, Wayne, maybe I am interested in that coaching job. Beautiful. Call me at my office in the morning. And then the caption for panel two says, And when Grant has gone... One of the goons is rubbing the back of his head and he says, Hey, who was that guy? Been hit by a pile driver wasn't part of our deal. And as he takes his leave, Bruce Wayne throws him a big roll of cash and says, Sorry about that, boys. This'll buy plenty of liniments. And then he says to his waiting butler and chauffeur, it worked just fine, Alfred. Take me home. <laughs> Amazing. 
we are then interrupted by the Batman logo and the Wildcat logo, and it says Batman and Wildcat in count ten, ten and, and die. die. And we are told the stories by Bob Haney, pencils by Irv Novik, and inks by Mike Esposito. A slow dissolve, the caption for panel three. And so, weeks later in Vienna, Austria... Yes, we're with Bruce Wayne and Ted Grant in civvies. Bruce looks very dapper. He does. Very the protectors of the persuaders. Nice little <laughs> neck scarf and... Cravat going on there, yeah. double brown jacket, handkerchief mm. in the, the breast pocket. Very smart. Mm. Outside a stadium, which bears the legend World Youth Games, and a big sign. Well, Pizzi can say what the sign says. Welcome, bienvenue, welcome. As he gestures towards the stadium, Bruce Wayne is saying, There it is, Ted, the stadium where our boys will be tested against those from all over the globe. Ted replies, My boxers are coming along fine. Hope I don't let them down when the main event comes up. And then we have a caption in the final panel of page three. But as Bruce Wayne and the man who is secretly Wildcat enter the World Games village where the athletes live... Yes, the village looks very interesting. Lots of old-fashioned buildings that look like Shakespeare's Globe or the Lord Lounsdale pub in Paisley, if that's a helpful reference (laughs) to anyone. We see Ted and Bruce, but Ted is being shoved by another chap who's wearing a green sort of jacket, green hoodie jacket sort of thing, as close-cropped blondish red hair. Shoves at Ted's shoulder, saying, Hey, you grant big champ, huh? Hey, watch it, fella, huh? Kozlov! Kozlov the Hammer! Ted obviously recognises this guy. We can see some of the youthful athletes standing around, presumably the ones that Ted's looking after. So, first panel of page four, and Kozlov is getting in Ted Grant's face, and he says, Yeah, I coach my country boxing team. You remember, Kozlov? You not give me fight when you champ. You afraid of the hammer. You phony champion, yeah? Caption for panel two. For a moment, the iron jaw of Ted Grant tightens. Long unused muscles tense. Then... And Ted just sort of waves his hand at Kozlov and walks away. Bruce Wayne is there, obviously. He looks kind of perplexed. The kids are all frowning. Kozlov shakes a fist after Ted and says, You phony frightened champ, Grant. You hear? Panel three. A couple of kids are talking to, to Ted. First boy says... Coach, you weren't afraid of that guy? Second one says, Yeah, he was wrong, wasn't he? And then one of the other boys says, What's with you cats? Of course the champ wasn't afraid. Coach was the greatest. The greatest! And we've moved on slightly to the next panel. Aerial shot, looking down at Ted and Bruce as they're walking along. We can see a sign outside the building that they're beside. It says, America House. Just get the CH, so presumably... Charlie, I would think, yeah. Yeah, Mm. something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Ted is saying to Bruce, maybe I was afraid, Bruce. Maybe I didn't fight him because he was younger, stronger. Still doubting yourself, Ted? I thought we left the doubts back in Skid Row. Why don't you unpack? I've got some business. See you later. Yes, and then the caption for the final panel of page four says, But it is as Batman that Bruce Wayne goes to downtown Vienna, and his business is with Anglo-American military intelligence. Yes, we see short-eared Batman entering military operations room situation, so we're monitoring Batman's ears. We're waiting to to see when they get that full Neil Adams full <laughs> length. A couple of soldiers. One's a brown-haired American. He might be a general. There's no way of making out. There's another chap who actually, from this panel, looks kind of like Piers Brosnan with a moustache. I was thinking he looks quite Tony Starkish. Yeah, 
Was it not an Alex Ross drawing of Timothy Dalton as Tony Stark at one point in the nineties? Oh, yeah. so maybe that's maybe mm. maybe that's the vibe that bought, that um, Irv Novik was reaching for. <laughs> Could be. So as Batman Batman enters this room casting a great Batman shadow in the doorway, and the American general says, "Good to see you, Batman. Washington gave your mission with us top priority. Major Sanderson from London will brief you." That's obviously the chat with the moustache. So the first panel of page five, Major Sanderson is pointing at a. Do you know what? It looks like a big sort of weird spaceship effort or like a child spinning mm. top. It does, yes. Yeah, the General and Batman are looking on as the major points at this thing on the screen. Large yellow circular thing with windows and some little adjunct aerials and what have you. The Major says, Bit bizarre having a costume chap on the case. However, that is an armed manned space station. The first nation to put one in orbit gains the ultimate advantage in the Cold War. One nation could blackmail the entire world. Therefore, it is most important we know the exact moment the other side plans to launch such a station so we can launch our own to prevent it. And then the picture on the screen changes to a very mm. scary-looking baldy guy with cauliflower ears and one eye which seems closed compared to the other and a firm jaw and glaring teeth and a lined forehead. And Batman's a bit startled when he says, Hmm, some pin-up. Memorize that face, Batman. Kurt Schimmeling, a freelance spy. He sells secrets to anyone. For a price. He got his hands on the date the other side plans to launch its station. It's in code, but we can crack it. We paid him a handsome sum for it, but he never delivered. The others must have offered him more to buy it back. All we know is Schimmeling's planning to pass the coded plan to one of their agents soon. Exactly when and where, we don't know. Then the general rejoins the conversation, and he says... That's the jigsaw puzzle, Batman. You must fit in the last pieces. Find Shimmerling and get that Cody date before he sells it back. Gosh, bit of multitasking for Bruce Wayne here. He's obviously got to keep an eye on Wildcat and sort all this out. Gosh, well, the first panel of page six has a caption. Minutes later, a famed familiar figure flits across some famed familiar landmarks. A full moon looms in the background. Take a drink. As Batman floats through downtown Vienna. And as he's floating along, he says, Vienna, city of waltzes, but I've got to make a rat named Shimmerling dance to my tune, or the world could find itself in a nightmare. Gosh, the caption for panel two says, Meantime, back in the village. Yes, it looks as though some of the boys are having an argument. Tez trying to break up a scuffle between two of them, and he's saying, All right, break it up, break it up. Turns out in panel two, it's actually one of the boys from Kozlov's country, and one of the boys from the US. The boy from wherever Kozlov's from says, You Americans, begin the fight! And then a couple of other voices join in. One of them says, Yeah! And another one says, See! So it's obviously some kind of um, multinational <laughs> barney that's going on. Yes. One of the, the other boys who was with Wildcat earlier on says, They called us yellow coach, said Americans were quitters. And Kozlov's there, raging as usual, and he yells, I see it all. The Americans stopped fight. Ted says in the next panel, You again, Kozlov? So why didn't you stop it? I want everyone to see Americans bad sportsmen, yeah? Just like you, phony champ. Ted's not rising to it. He walks away in the next panel with his boys following him, and he says, Why, you big ah? Uh, what's the use? Come on, team. We've got to train to win in the ring, not out of it. And one of the boys says, I still think he's afraid of Kozlov. Well, that's not very nice. Come on, he's turning the other cheek. He's setting you an example. The caption for the final panel of page six tells us that it's 
Not long after... And Ted is talking to Bruce Wayne again. There's a, some graffiti been written on some of the walls around them. There's a bit that says Americans don't play fair and then another bit that says Americans go home. So there's a lot of ill feeling around. Ted's in the process of saying, it's Kozlov's bunch, Bruce. Push him for trouble. Picked a fight with my boys. Got all the teams believing it was our fault. An old tactic, Ted. Provoke the other guy, make him mad enough to walk out so the world will call him a quitter. Well, we won't fall for it. We'll just play it cool. And then the caption for panel one of page seven says, But later in the gym... And this panel shows a boxing ring. All the kids standing around watching, and who's in the ring? It's Kozlov, and Ted Grant looks though Kozlov's just climbing in. He's saying, Hey, phony champ Grant, this ring reserved for my team this time. Listen, Kozlov, I can show you on the schedule. It's the US team's turn to train. In panel two, Kozlov walks up to Ted and nudges him with a zunk sound effect, and he says... Like all your countrymen, you think you own world, you Americans. Don't crowd me, Kozlov, says Ted. In the next panel, with a sock sound effect and a swinging right hook, he punches out the foreigner. Kozlov's down on the, the ground in the ring in the final panel of page seven, and he says, Kozlov challenges you. Fight to finish to show you bad sportsman and coward. You accept, big champ? No, no, I won't fight you. A tiny caption tells us we're continuing the second page following. Oh, we pass an amazing advertisement for Peter, Paul and Mary's top hit songbook. Wow. Excellent. Let's have a look at some of the songs on it. Puff the Magic Dragon. Yep, excellent. Going to the zoo. Excellent. I have a song to sing. Wonderful. Obviously aimed at the youth market. That's lovely. Think about Peter, Peter, Paul and Mary. I've not seen Paul and Mary in ages. Must catch up with them in our WhatsApp group. (laughs) Yes, it's a great photograph. One of them looks very much like, um, obviously not Mary, one of them looks very much like Boy George looks nowadays. It's quite interesting. That's the thing about Peter and Paul. Took them a while to embrace their baldness, but this is not the Peter, Paul and Mary podcast. If there is a Peter, Paul and Mary podcast, let me know because I would listen to it. So, first panel (laughs) of page eight. Ted has climbed out of the ring. We can see Bruce Wayne standing there wearing his fencing gear. Some of the boys are standing around as well. One of the kids says, You better believe it now. Coach Grant is scared of him. We'll be left out of the games. Yeah, says one of the other boys. The old champ's nothing but a chicken chump, Ted is saying to Bruce. Bruce, what got into me? I never should have hit him. It was just what he wanted. There's a handy punch bag swinging in between Ted and Bruce in this next panel. I'm not sure what it's supposed to represent, but Wildcat says, But I can't fight him. Never will be playing his game. You hear those kids, Ted? Your kids? You've got to fight Kozlov. It's become a test of will, of American courage and sportsmanship. After all, you hit him. But, but I can't win, Bruce. I'm much older than Kozlov. Out of shape, I has been. He'll murder me. Got to accept the challenge and win it. You've become part of the Cold War, like it or not. Ted takes his leave in the next panel, saying, Yeah, yeah, I see. But I need time to think. And as he goes, Bruce Wayne is thinking. He's all shook up, losing his confidence again. And I've got to play spy guy once more as Batman. A slow dissolve then to the final panel of page eight, which is captioned. Shortly, as the Cape Crusader again searches the ancient streets... There's a full moon looming in the background, and Batman casts a terrific bat shadow in the corner of the building he's lurking behind, and he sees someone leaving a building opposite. Batman is thinking... This is the last lead intelligence gave me. That shabby customer leaving the old house. It's Shimmerling. Shimmerling. Terrific. 
First panel, then, of page nine is a caption that says, Meanwhile, nearby... And it's a very dynamic shot of Wildcat on his motorbike, thinking, Glad I brought my old Wildcat outfit. Need a ride to blow my brains clear. Lucky I was able to borrow this bike from the cycling team. Yeah, lucky. Mm-hmm. The next panel, Ted's zooming along, and he spies Batman running along the street towards someone else who appears to be on the ground. Wildcat thinks, Well, I'll be Beethoven's best blast. It's Batman. What's he doing here? And looks like he can use an assist. Caption for panel three. As Batman's quarry slips into the vast labyrinthian sewer system under the old city. That's what he was doing on the ground. He was opening up a manhole cover. Very hard to tell, it must be said. Because panel three were now down in the sewers. Shimmerling is up right close to the camera, as it were, running away from Batman, who's casting... It's a great image of Batman, actually. Is, yeah. I'm casting a big shadow behind him as he runs through the sewers. Shimmerling looks back, and as he's looking back, Shimmerling thinks, Himmel, the Fledermassen man even pursues me down here. Gosh. The next panel is another cracker of Batman looking at multiple shadows being cast down in the sewer. I wonder what the, the light source is. Mm. Batman is thinking, Blast! Can't track him in this crazy place. Which way? Which way? And Batman beholds in front of him no less than five different tunnels leaning off from where he is at the moment. And this takes us to the cracking final caption of page eight, which says, But another hunter has picked up the trail, having entered through an overflow culver. Yes, caption's doing a lot of the heavy lifting here, because <laughs> this panel shows Wildcat on his motorbike, zooming through the sewers, chasing Shirling. And as he zooms along, or rather as he vrooms along, Wildcat's thinking, I've trapped this particular sewer rat, and without cheese. First panel, page ten. Oh, gosh, this one's going in the socials, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a vroom as Ted, on his bike, overshoots and goes past Shimmerling, who's climbed up a ladder. And as he zooms past, Wildcat thinks, A waterfall! He suckered me! And then, helpfully, the caption for panel two tells us what we see. Moments later, Shimmerling emerges from the depths of Vienna's subterranean maze. Panel three is another shot of Batman, casting another magnificent shadow behind him. Batman is looking very Frank Springer in this panel, Mm, as he thinks, Of all the rotten luck, he got away. And then the caption for panel four. And where the main carry-off reaches the river. Yes, no sign of his bike, his motorbike, but Wildcat's climbing out of the river himself, thinking, I've got half the beautiful blue Danube in my ears, and I lost Batman's quarry. Even as Wildcat, I'm over the hill. How can I fight Kozlov? Just as well Batman never saw me. Ted Grant and Wildcat here together is too much of a coincidence. Yes, and obviously Wildcat hasn't thought anything about the fact that Bruce Wayne and Batman <laughs> of course not. are both there at the same time. Yes. Page 10's final panel is a caption. Switching back to Ted Grant, he ponders his problem as he wanders through the streets. Yes, we see Ted walking towards a giant lit-up Ferris wheel, and he's being followed by Batman, who's casting another tiny shadow against the wall he's lurking around. That's the equivalent for this episode, listeners, is the old full moon and the spectre, Batman mm-hmm. casting a shadow. And as he lurks, Batman is thinking. Ted, he's entering the Praetor, the famous amusement park. By that slouch, he's still worrying about Kozlov. Over the page then to page 11, Batman continues to follow Ted and thinks... He's taking a ride on the Rising Rat, the giant Ferris wheel. That gives me an idea. Yes, and we see in the background of the panel Ted paying the, the guard of the Ferris wheel, or the, the clippy, whatever you want to call him, and taking his shot into one of the, the oh my gosh, what do you call it? The carriages? Or the, yeah. Yeah, well, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Panel two 
it's cracking as well. I really, I'm really liking that work in a story. Mm. Batman is climbing up the Ferris wheel, thinking... He needs to get his confidence back, and maybe I know how. And the guard for the Ferris wheel, who's an elderly, bespectacled, moustache-wearing gentleman with fierce eyebrows, looks up at Batman and cries, Donnerwetter! In Flandermarsen, man! Nein! Nein! Verboten! So obviously Batman's not allowed. Panel three. Batman climbs into Ted's capsule, for want of a better way of putting it. Ted says, One in blazes, Batman! Hello, champ. Mind if I join you? Helpfully, the caption for panel four says, Neither knows each other's secret identity. So, now... We can see them silhouetted here, having a chat inside the, the booth, or whatever, the... Or the car. Is it the car? Maybe it's the car. car. That's fine. Go for that. Yeah, works, doesn't it? Listeners, what do you call the thing that you sit in when you go round a Ferris wheel? Write in and let us know. Batman is in the process of saying, I heard of Kozlov's challenge. You must accept or the games could dissolve. Oh, not you too. I respect you, but, but I can't fight Kozlov. He pulverized me. I'm an overage has-been. Come off it. I'll show you you haven't lost the old pizzazz. And then the first panel of page 12... Batman, with a whap, punches Ted, saying, Only one of us is going to walk out of this car. And as the punch collides, Ted cries, huh? The caption from panel two says, High above the city, a savage, bizarre brawl begins. Yeah, there's a massive smash sound effect. As basically, Ted punches out one of the windows of the, the carriage cars, rather than actually punching Batman. The caption for panel three. And as the giant wheel swoops round and round. Yeah, we see the elderly guard crying, Himmel! As he sees the, the car going past him with the glass broken and sock and pow sound effects coming from inside it and Batman and Ted Grant engaging in fisticuffs. In panel four, there's a ratam sound effect as Ted punches Batman in the stomach and Batman exclaims, Oosh! <laughs> Tremendous. The caption for page 12's final panel then says, Once more, the dangling gondola swoops upwards. Gondolas, is that what they're called? Gondola, yeah, could be. This has been the trying to determine what you call the the things that people sit in on a Ferris wheel podcast. This is the Ferris wheel terminology podcast. (laughs) (laughs) From inside, this is a great panel. There's a pow, patok, bap sound effect. It's very retrograde, very Batman 1966, it must be said. Yeah. And we can see that the the gondola is shaking as this, (laughs) as the fisticuffs continue. We arrive at the top of page 13. Which is captioned. Then swings down to a stop. That's meaning the gondola that was mentioned in the previous caption. The elderly gentleman swipes a big handle, which is obviously going to bring the thing to a stop. And we see that Ted emerging from the cabin of the car, whatever you want to call it, with his shirt torn and his jacket torn. His trousers actually torn at the knee, which is bizarre. (laughs) Looking very worse for wear. And the elderly guard says, Vas, only one comes out. And then in panel two, we see Batman. Looks like he's down on the ground. He's got some tears in his costume as well. Looks like a few bruises in his chin. And he thinks, I laid down a bit so Ted could win, but what a hitter. What a scrapper he must have been in his prime. Panel three shows Batman limping off, (laughs) literally with his cape between his legs, as he (laughs) thinks, Did our fight give him back enough confidence to meet Kozlov? And as he was earlier in this episode, Batman's a bit flash with the cash. See him slinging a few bills in the direction of the Ferris wheel guard, saying, Here, old-timer, for the damages. Tremendous. The caption for panel four on page 13 says, The answer comes soon after he switches back to Bruce Wayne. Yes, that's obviously the answer to Batman wondering if Ted is going to be confident, and it looks as though he's a bit more improved because with a babada 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 pap 
You see Ted Grant punching away at a punching bag that's hanging from the ceiling. A couple of the kids are standing around watching. One of them says, Isn't it great? Grant's going to fight Kaslov. Look at him massage that bag. He'll murder the big stiff. And Bruce is still undertaking his duties as the fencing coach because he's there in his tunic holding on to his rapier. Either that or he's a chef swordsman because it could, could yes. be either way with that outfit. <laughs> the chef swordsman coming soon from David and Pete's <laughs> comics. It'll be Batman and the chef swordsman. It'll be like Matches Malone. Bruce has to take on another <laughs> new secret identity. So the final panel of page 13 shows Bruce watching Kozlov pounding a massive, bigger punching bag. Bruce is thinking. So Ted's made the big decision, but Kozlov is really rough. Ted could lose. I've got to take out some insurance as Batman. Caption for the first panel of page 14. Later at the stadium... Very moody lighting of Batman at work. A, a very helpfully labelled circuit box. Mm. Bats is thinking. This timer will douse the lights about round seven. And if Ted's in trouble, I'll take his place using a plasty face mask from my disguise kits. Caption for panel two. Then... And we're in a different location. It looks as though Batman is on a rooftop climbing into an open window as he thinks. I'll search Shimmerling's room while he's out. He'll never leave the code around, but maybe I can find a clue to how and when he'll pass it back. Batman's very carelessly switched the light on in Shermerling's place. If he was trying to be discreet, he's failed. And I'd forgotten about the code, quite frankly. I'm more concerned about Ted Grant than anything else. You see <laughs> Batman holding a stub of paper, and he continues to think. Hmm. A ticket to the fight between Ted and Kozlov. Of course he knows he's being watched. What better place than a crowded stadium? I've got it! The last piece in the jigsaw! They've sold tickets for this fight between Ted and Kozlov. Yeah, it looks like it. Well, that's crazy. I just got the sense <laughs> it was going to be a back alley, poof, 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 you know, sort of effort. If you've got an ex-world champion fighting at, at this thing, you're going to try and rake in the cash. Mm. They've got to pay for this somehow. <laughs> Come back to what the boys were saying about Grant's going to fight Kozlov. I mean, they've had time to arrange this tournament and print the tickets out and for Schwerling to buy one and leave it lying around his bedroom. Yeah. Gosh, things obviously move fast in the boxing industry. Especially in Vienna. Mm. Yes, indeed. Well, the Viennese boxing industry, they supported menswear somewhere in England, probably. So there you go. <laughs> Panel four. <laughs> Batman has made his exit from Schlemling's pad and casts an amazing shape as he leaps in front of a full moon from one rooftop to another. But he's being observed by three shady blokes. One with a receding hairline, one who looks a bit brutish and one who looks... A bit more suave and dark. He's got a nice blues-on jacket. He looks though like he's got a moustache, but maybe that's just the inking. I'm not sure. He's got a pair of binoculars, and they've spotted Batman, and the guy with binoculars is saying, If this Batman continues to meddle, he'll frighten off Shimmerling, and we will never regain our code. Dispose of him. Ah, so he's from the the other side then, trying to get the code back. This is very interesting. The caption for the final panel of page 14 says, Shortly. Now, Quite a narrative leap has taken place here. <laughs> this looks like a hot dog stand, but the sign says S-C-H-L-A Schlagobers. Schlagobers, one shilling. Listeners, if you know what a Schlagobear is, write them and let us know. Batman has approached this hot dog stand, and the elderly, very scarf-wearing proprietor has spritzed, squished some stuff at him. The elderly gentleman says, Some schlagmen here? And Batman coughs and says, Gas! Ugh. Yeah, so that's always he's squished Batman. In the background, <laughs> it looks like a Volkswagen, a massive car 
has suddenly roared into view with a full moon peeking out from behind the building. So obviously what must have happened is Batman's jumped down, gone to buy a Schlager beer, and this guy zapped him. This is stunning. Uh, Bob Haney don't care. <laughs> Listeners, get a copy of B&B 88 and see if you can make sense of it. We turn the page to the top of page 15. The caption for the first panel there says... The Blue Danube threads through the heart of Vienna, and right now on a certain barge... Yes, there are only two panels on page 15. The bottom half of the page is taken up with some an advert for some toy cars, but they really could have done with the extra panels. Yes. Because suddenly <laughs> we have leapt still further away from Batman and the Schnurrifling stand, the big car driving up. Presumably the guys in the car that were driving up after Batman was gassed have tied him up and they've dumped him in his barge because Batman is lying looking out of a porthole through which we can see a full moon over the River Danube as Batman tied up, leaning against a crate, thinks... What a goof! Now they will get back the code and Ted will meet Kozlov without me to help. And the caption for page 15, panel 2 says... So right, Batman, for at this moment... And we see Ted Grant sat in a boxing ring, tail round his neck, got his gloves on, and Kozlov, with his robe with his name on it, waving to the massive assembled crowd. Gosh! Word must got around quick that this was happening. Mm -hmm. Ted looks very deep in concentration as he thinks, Okay, Ted boy, this is it. Build as an exhibition match, but Kozlov's made it a blood feud. But where are Batman and Bruce? I'm getting that has-been feeling. I need them in my corner. And the caption says... Continued on the third page following. You pass a text page which recaps the publishing history, Brave and the Bold, highlighting the Titans and Hawkman and Metamorpho, amongst others. We pass the letters page for this particular issue, which is... Oh, it's talking about issue 85. The Senator's been shot, which we obviously talked a little bit about when we did GLA 75 a few weeks ago, so... Get listeners, tell you what, get hold of every issue of Brave and Bold published between 80 and, I would say, 160, because we're going to do some of them, and by and large, they're all brilliant, so there you go. So the first caption in the first panel of page 16 says... Under the blazing lights, two battlers edge towards each other. In their cocked fists, the prestige, the image of two worlds, two ways of life. And with a boing, obviously signifying the bell being rung, the fight begins... Someone cries from the crowd. Go, champ, go! One of the other kids cries. Suck it to him, Ted! And then, obviously, Kozlov's supporters, one of them yells, Hammer the American! And another one says, Destroy him, Kozlov! Panel two, but in the thick of the action, there's whoppetas and whops and whops as Ted thinks as he gets stuck into Kozlov. My only chance is to KO him in the first few rounds. One, the classic left jab. Followed by the hook off the jab. And that's a, looks like, a, oh gosh, it's almost an elbow to the chest. Ooh, goes Kozlov. Ted thinks, now the right hand counterpunch over his wild lead. Man, I'm doing great. And there's a massive pout sound effect as he takes Kozlov square in the face. Caption for the final panel of page 16. For four rounds, Ted Grant pounds the hulking hammer until... Very helpfully, Ted describes how he's feeling here as he's thinking. Legs getting tired. My grey hair's starting to weigh a ton. He was letting me wear myself out. Uh-oh. Kozlov says, How you like those, phony champ? And with a thump, punches Ted in the stomach. Oh dear, it doesn't look good. First panel of page 17, they're almost in a huddle. Kozlov is saying, We got your friend Batman. Do you want to see him alive? You lose, okay? Huh? Says Ted. Caption for panel two. Baffled? Worried about Batman? The old champ loses his style and timing. Yeah, it looks as though Kozlov's getting stuck in as a pop and a whoop as he punches at Ted. Ted doubles up. He's not really fighting back. One of the boys in the crowd says, Coach Grant, he's fading. 
And then, if you remember what Batman was up to earlier on, you might have anticipated the next caption, which says... Suddenly... And one of the boys in the crowd shouts... The lights, they've gone out! Yeah, we just see the silhouetted, darkened forms of Ted and Kozlov in the ring, the caption for panel four. Batman's timer is at work, except he isn't there. A voice from the crowd yells... Fix the lights! Can't see the fighters! But Ted's making use of it. He thinks... Those few seconds, just enough for me to get my win back. Now to nail the hammer, and with a patal, an uppercut from his left hand, he strikes Kozlov. Obviously did very well, because the caption for the final panel of page 17 says, In the dimness, no one notices one big man carrying another outside. (laughs) That's a stretch, if you ask me. Come on. (laughs) No emergency lighting in that place whatsoever. Now, this next panel needs to be seen to be believed. Still in their full boxing gear, still wearing his boxing gloves, Ted is roaring along on a motorbike with Kozlov in a sidecar behind him. We didn't really talk about it there. I'm fascinated with the fact that Kozlov's involved in this whole yes. saga for the code. <laughs> that's fascinating. That's a little twist that I didn't see coming. It's very exciting. No. So Ted's mm-hmm. roaring along on this motorbike. Now, I can't quite make out if that's the, the rising sun or the full moon in the background. But Kozlov says, What this? You crazy phony champ. You know can do this to Kozlov. Can I? Stick around and find out. Zoom goes the motorbike. The caption then for the first panel of page 18 says, Now the man who is secretly Wildcat opens the throttle. Yeah, it's a great panel, showing Ted on the motorbike with the sidecar, ducking in between a couple of lorries and trucks. Kozlov's not having it, he yells, Yay, you will kill us! Maybe, unless you tell me where your pals took Batman. Tough guy, huh? All that bluster was a put-on. Inside your only jelly. Kozlov is recoiling in the cell car as they bump rump up the hill, cries, Nah, nah, stop, I tell you. A slow dissolve, the caption to panel three. And soon outside the city. Yes, we see a nice big barge chugging along the river and Ted and Kozlov in their motorbike and sidecar zooming along the track beside the river. Ted is saying, So he's stashed on that tub. Okay, let's get aboard. And in the next panel, they're driving up very quickly towards a bridge which wasn't in the last panel. The barge is coming towards it, and suddenly there are some tzing and piao sound effects because it looks as though there's some people on the roof of the barge firing guns at them. Wildcat says, Your pals are taking pot shots at us. That bridge may be the answer. Oh, amazing. And in the caption for the next panel, Up onto the wooden span races the cycle ahead of the drifting barge, and then... And listeners, can you guess what happens? Yes, Ted cries, Here goes... And he takes the motorbike and sidecar through the protective fence to the side of the bridge. With a crack and a crash, he bursts through it and roars towards the roof of the barge. Amazing. And with a wham, he arrives in panel one of page 19, sending the bad guy scattering. Panel two, he's down inside the barge, untying Batman, who says, Ted, how? What? Big explanation later, Batman, old buddy. But right now, he says, as they climb up through the hatch of the barge, back up onto the roof where the bad guys are coming towards them, Ted has managed to untie Batman's ropes while still wearing his boxing gloves. Amazing. This is wildcat training there. It must be. It gives lie to a few things. Anyway, so in panel four, there's another pow as a boxing glove Ted Grant punches one of the bad guys and says, It's suck it to him time. And then a caption for panel five says, The battle of the barge is quickly over. You see the some of the bad guys being thrown into the water with a splash and there's a bap sound effect as Ted punches one of their guys, sends him flying, saying, Sorry to dirty up the beautiful blue Danube. 
That's a shame. Hopefully they didn't drown. Caption <laughs> to the final panel of page 19. Then... They're zooming off again on the motorbike. They've managed to get the motorbike off the roof of the barge, <laughs> back onto the road. Ted's driving, still wearing his boxing gloves, and Batman is in the sidecar, holding on to Kozlov. Ted is saying, OK, now me and our groggy pal got a fight to finish back at the stadium. And Batman is thinking, And I've a double-crossing spy to nab, if it's not too late. So we arrive at the top of page 20. The first panel is captioned. Just as the lights go on... Yes, Ted and Kozlov have managed to make it back and get back into the ring without A, anyone noticing them do so, and presumably B, anyone noticing they were missing. A voice in the crowd says as the lights go up, We're back in business, let's go! It looks like Kozlov's rubbing the side of his head, he says. There is. And Ted says, Right here, Buster, the war's still on. Now, we're out in the crowd for panel two. We can see some kids watching, looking concerned as Batman lurks, not casting a shadow in this panel, thinking, Ted's exhausted from rescuing me. Kozlov's beating him to the punch. But Batman does cast a shadow in the next panel as he spots a very familiar figure in the crowd and thinks, There's Shimmerling in the right seat. Now to watch for him to make his contacts. There's a massive bock sound effect in the next panel as Kozlov's fist collides with Ted Grant's face. Someone in the crowd cries, Grant's going down! And the caption for the next panel says, Now as the vast arena rises into tumult. Yes, we have a bit of simultaneous action here. Off panel we can hear the voice of the, the referee crying, One! And Batman is observing that Shimmerling has left his seat. Batman thinks, Ted's down. Shimmerling's making his move. Got to go after him. In the next panel the referee cries, Two! Batman runs after the silhouetted Shimmerling, and as he goes, he throws a batarang behind him, thinking, No way to help Ted now, except maybe with this. The caption for the first panel, page 21. A speck in the huge echoing stadium, the batarang sails towards the ring. Yes, it must be under some kind of motor or something to control, I'm thinking. <laughs> anyway, it zooms up and twists around a support beam. We can see the ring down in the background. The referee says, Three! The batarang continues to circle down towards the ring, in the next couple of panels, as the ref continues to say, Four, five... The caption for panel four, page 21, says, Suddenly it is lofted off course by the light's fierce heat. Yes. Now, it looks actually in panel three. Is that spotlight beam or something that the... Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. The is Now, that's some of these spotlights, they can, be, they can be quite warm. I speak from experience, but only if you're upright close to them. Yeah. Of course, by the light's fierce heat, says the caption, and with a whoosh, the batarang seems to twist as the referee cries, Six! It flies down towards the ring in the next panel as the referee cries, Seven! And with a plop sound effect and a preemptive advertisement for the DC humour book of the 70s, the batarang lands beside Ted, who clocks it as the referee says, Eight! The detail in the final panel of page 20 was tremendous here because it looks as though Ted's eyes kind of burst open. It looks like he's definitely bruised and he can see the batarang lying in front of him. Ted thinks, Batman's batarang with a message. And we can see that written on the batarang are the words, has been. Ted continues to think, he's mocking me, throwing my own words back at me. First panel of page 22, Ted starts getting to his feet thinking, can't let him down. Can't let my kids down. Got to get up. The referee calls. Nine. And then the caption for panel two. As the crowd stares unbelieving. Ted is back on his feet and he says to Kozlov, Come on, 
and fight. Kozlov don't know how you get up, but this time you go down forever. The caption for panel three. His old champion's pride stung by Batman's taunt, Ted Grant makes one final desperate effort. And with a wham, he punches at Kozlov, thinking, The sit-up, and then with a pow, and a left-handed uppercut, he takes him to the ropes as Ted thinks, And the finish! The caption for the first panel on page 23 says, And as pandemonium fills the stadium... Yep, we can see people on their feet. We can imagine everyone's cheering. Kozlov's down on the grounds as the referee counts... Eight, nine, ten! The caption for panel two. And while the crowd roars... Yes, Batman's up on a sort of gantry, looking down, and you can see Shimmerling approaching the man who's obviously his contact. Batman thinks... Shimmerling, heading for that bozo in the trench coat. He's going to exchange the coat for money. We see Shimmerling holding up an envelope, and the bozo in the trench coat is holding something in his right hand that it looks they're about to exchange. Suddenly, in the final panel of page 23, Shimmerling cries, Himmel! as Batman swoops in on a rope and grabs the envelope from his hand, saying, You were already paid for this by Uncle Sam. Ah, no. Does he mean Uncle Sam from the Freedom Fighters? <laughs> or does he mean the US of A? Hmm. Mm. Every time that happens, I'm convinced that <laughs> Bruce Wayne is on a mission. A secret freedom fighter. It's amazing. Batman, a secret freedom fighter. That's going to be the name of our DC comic. That's it. Perfect. Yes. Uncle Sam sending him on missions, other freedom mm. fighters joining where applicable. <laughs> Look forward to issue three when Robin and Dollman team up when Batman is indisposed. So, yes. back to the story. The caption for the first panel of page 24. Vienna, city of waltzes and dreams, city of intrigue and suspicion, where the following day... Yep, a couple of Ted Grant's kids are sparring in the boxing ring. Bruce is there in his fencing outfit. Ted's there too. Bruce is saying, Your boys are doing real well, Ted. Inspired by your fight with Kozlov, no doubt. Check, Bruce. But it was really Batman inspiring me that did it. Final panel. Our attention moves to a couple of the sparring fencers with Bruce and Ted standing watching. Ted says, Without him and you, Bruce, I'd still think I was a has-been. But now the future looks bright for me. And he thinks, And maybe for Wildcat too. Bruce Wayne, looking very pleased with himself, thinks, I guess we can mark the World Youth Games, the Shimmerling case, and the rehabilitation of a champ as all's well that ends well. And a tiny caption says, Well, Well, the the end. end. Yay. Tremendous. And the rest of the page is taken up with an advertisement for House of Mystery and House of Secrets, which is absolutely tremendous. It is. Cain and Abel. Let's just do it quickly. Okay, go for it. I'll be Abel and you be Cain. Perfect. Kane, you've hurt me to the quick, not inviting me to your party at the House of Mystery. You're hurt? Ha! When was the last time I was invited to a party at your House of Secrets? And someone who looks a little bit like Frankenstein's monster in the background says, Huh? There's always something going on at the House of Mystery and the House of Secrets, and we don't miss any of the action. And a scary-looking witchy lady says, Do you? <laughs> there you go. So go and buy some House to Missy and House of Secrets. Yay. Pete, say that was Brave and the Bold issue 88. What do you think? Bob Haney don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally, the story was is just about <laughs> the rehabilitation of Ted Grant. The actual spy secret Batman mission that he's on yeah. makes no sense at all. It's all about what dates 
these the space station is going to be sent up, but yeah, both both countries have got the same space station. But whoever gets one up first, no, no, I don't, th- I don't think it was the case that both of them had. I think it was whoever gets them, whoever's the first to launch it, and it's the information that it's... when the US are actually going to launch it is what's key. Yeah, but it seems to imply that they've both got one. <laughs> I, I didn't really pick that up. I kind of got the sense that they just wanted to maybe if they had the information, they'd be able to sabotage what the US yeah. are trying to do. Maybe you're right. Maybe they would try and launch their own. Uh, Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's almost like with the main story with Wildcat and t- you know Ted Grant sort of happening. Mm-hmm. Every so often, we would cut. Uh-huh. You, we might have a Logopolis moment here. Do you remember that? Do you remember the Zeppo that episode of Buffy? I love that episode. Yeah, uh-huh. it, I thought mm-hmm. you might. But it totally focuses on on Xander, but every so often it cuts to everyone else yeah. dealing with their big sort of. <laughs> yes. This was kind of like that. Yeah. Every so often we'd cut to Batman doing something outrageous mm-hmm. or the highlights of Batman doing something <laughs> outrageous whilst Ted was the A-plot. You know, the uh-huh. way it went from Batman being observed by the baddies to going to buy a hot dog, whatever it was, to ending up in a barge in three panels. Yeah. With nothing really being shown of any of, you know, all the movement or, or stuff happening at all was, was fascinating. That was some very deft storytelling. Mm-hmm. That's insane. There are just some mad bits in this. Like, for example, as you mentioned, all that whole escapade of leaving the the boxing match, <laughs> yes, in the middle of it, going uh-huh. off, stealing a, a motor <laughs> motorbike with a sidecar, yes, driving it with boxing gloves on, yes, smashing through a barrier onto a barge yes. after taking fire, yes. finding Batman, untying him, still wearing the boxing gloves, yes, as you said, it's it's absolutely bonkers, and then the gravity defying. Uh, motorbike and sidecar that obviously got back off the barge yes <laughs> to get back in time for the lights coming back on <laughs> and then the clever sentient batarang that knew exactly yes. what it had to do and where to go that's insane it already had the word has been written on it because we didn't see batman write anything on it quickly yeah has he got a right. has been batarang just in case he's got a well, he's got a bat <laughs> sharpie obviously <laughs> It's nuts. Which he pressed into service. No, it's, in, it's a lot of fun. And as you say, mm-hmm. I mean, we should talk about the elephant in the room here. Yes. The rehabilitation of Ted Grant. Now, the stuff at the start mm-hmm. where Ted is talking about his gym having gone bust. Yeah. That would seem to follow on from when we last saw Wildcat in the pages of the Spectre, when he, mm-hmm. he'd had another bit of you know, self-actualization and had opened up his gym and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's an interesting one, this, because... Mm-hmm. Ages ago, when we first talked about when Wildcat first appeared in Sensation Comics number one, uh-huh. Ted meets a little boy who's upset because a kid stole his Green Lantern comic. So Ted gives him some money for telling him about Green Lantern, and the kid says he's going to run off and buy another issue of Green Lantern and maybe an issue of Flash comics, which gives credit to the theory that Wildcat was always on Earth One mm. if he's reading comics about Green Lantern mm-hmm. and the Flash. But then Wildcat appeared with the Justice Society in two stories during the original All-Star Comics run, and he's been seen to be on Earth 2 with the rest of the JSA and the Brave and the Bold and Jillian Inspector. Yes. yes, correct. So either this is the Batman of Earth 2 that we're meeting in this story, mm-hmm. and that's how it's the story is indeed continuing on from what happened in the Spectre. But I'm reluctant to, to go with that because this is very much evidently the Batman of Earth 1. With yeah. He's younger, he's mm-hmm. leaner. Is the bat symbol with the yellow oval around it on his chest. Yeah. A lot is said about the Earth B theory, you know, that all Bob Payne's stories can be dismissed as being on Earth B. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, this could be read as continuing on from the Spectre, or yeah. all that stuff at the start might not be a reference to the situation that we saw in the Spectre. It might just be the situation that this wildcat mm-hmm. has found him in. So Pete and I are agreeing and really of the opinion here that this is the debut of the wildcat of Earth 1, yes. aren't we? If we look at the actual parallels of character development and things, I think the Earth One Wildcat Ted Grant probably had the same origin 
Yes. And was inspired by the Green Lantern comic. It's also, it's probably quite likely that their lives took a similar path and he was champ. Yes. He did lose it a bit. He did try and make a bit of a resurgence by opening up a gym. Yeah. And then obviously we had the problems here that he's, he's spoken about. So the interesting thing would be, is the Ted Grant of Earth 2 going through the same problems? We don't know. That's a really interesting point, because we've mm-hmm. talked a few times about how certain things have paralleled. Like when we did The Gentleman Ghost, we obviously talked about how some of the events paralleled some of the events of the Golden Age stories. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I mean, there's a few more issues of Brave and the Bold featuring Wildcat, and we're going to do them all because Wildcat's oh, yes. a Golden Age DC superhero, and he's a member of the mm-hmm. Justice Society of America. And sprinkled in amongst these, Wildcat is going to make appearances in the, the JLA-JC team-up, so we're going to monitor all of that as we go. Yes. I think, given that Brave and Bold is primarily another vehicle for the contemporary Batman, mm-hmm. who by this point is the Batman of Earth 1. Yeah. And this is the Batman of Earth 1's team-up book. I think we really have to come down on the yeah. the side of being, this is mm-hmm. the Wildcat of Earth 1. And we'll also, we're going to be doing Brave and the Bold issue 91 in a few episodes' time, mm-hmm. which has some more stuff to say on the Parallel Earth thing, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Indeed. Also at this time, the Earth 2 Batman was in semi-retirement as well, which adds credence to the fact that it's uh, the Earth 1 Batman. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. It's interesting comparing this to the, the Flash Spectre team-up issue. Yeah. Because this story would make more sense if it was the Earth 2 Batman, following on from the Spectre. And also, as we discussed on the Flash Spectre team-up, it would have made more sense if, if it was the Jay Garrick Flash teaming up with the Spectre. Yes. I just find it fascinating that they are going with these versions if they're trying to tell these stories. It's just, it's really interesting and it's, yeah, it does open a can of worms, but hey, yeah, we're opening this can. Absolutely. And obviously there's a story in Super Team Family that we're going to talk about featuring Wildcat eventually. One of the letters pages that deals with that comic when, when we mm-hmm. get there, that makes a quite a definitive statement on, on what's happening. So we'll, we'll see how this plays out. Mm. One other thing I'd like to add before we move on is I, I thought that the Ferris wheel attendant looked very much like Alan Napier, who played Alfred the Butler in the 60s Batman TV series. I can see that. <laughs> Reminded me a lot of him. That's yeah, hilarious. I can see that exactly. Yes, that's that's a good point. To me, he looked a little bit like Stan Lee, I thought. Oh, yeah. Huh? <laughs> It'd have been quite amusing. As Maybe this... not Stan Lee of then, but more, you know. Stan Lee's, we got used to him with his Marvel movie cameos. Yeah. Obviously, it's not. But no, that's, that's a, I hadn't <laughs> noticed that, actually. You're, you're right. And it's interesting, Alfred, who hasn't really been in the podcast too often. Mm, no, true. Appears in this issue, but doesn't have any lines, sadly. <laughs> nope. Alfred, watch. Will Alfred appear again, listeners? Will he, <laughs> will he have any lines? Wait and see. Well, Alfred will return, yes. Will he? Um, okay, that's fine. Good. Good. Think of at least two <laughs> stories, yeah. It was a bit nasty the way Batman manipulated Wildcat, but it was coming, I think, yeah. from the right, the right sort of point of view. When he, was try- he knew that Wildcat and Ted still had that potential in him. Uh-huh. He had the faith in him to, uh-huh. that he knew that he could track, you know, he could... Co- not quite coerce, but persuade him, encourage yeah. him to get back in the saddle, so to speak. So it was. Co- I like yeah. the fact that that Ted won the fight, and you know, mm-hmm. Kozlov got beaten, and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And Ted was redeemed in the eyes of his of his yeah. young charges. So that was a lot of fun. That was good. Yeah. The cover doesn't really strictly apply to the events, but you know, no, but you get the gist. Mm-hmm. I found it really funny actually that Bruce is trying to recruit Ted to train these kids, but literally it then cuts to the actual event and it's weeks later. Yes. You know, these things are usually, you know, people that have been training for ages, but it's literally just weeks later. Yeah, that's true, for years. Unless these kids were the kids that Ted was already training in his gym. That's possible. But we don't get any any evidence either way from that. It's possible. 
maybe the kids were just sort of training at their own level and mm-hmm. Ted came in. Yeah, it could be. But that's a fair point. I mean, they'd have to be working for years to be ready. Yeah. I would imagine. No, that's fair. And I quite liked Kozlov's rope-a-dope technique, just like yes. taking all the blows and then just yeah. starting to lay into Ted. The famous rope-a-dope, yeah. Good stuff. That's a good tip, listeners, if you're finding yourself at a boxing match, probably. Anyway, you were telling me there's not an awful lot of contemporary correspondence for this one. No, weirdly, the issue that the letters page would normally be on has only got a text piece in it uh, that doesn't actually refer to this story at all. But there is mention of this story in the letters column of the very next issue, because Raven Bold wasn't a monthly book at that point, it was eight times a year, so they obviously had time to get some correspondence in. Right. And this letter asks, Wildcat in Count Ten and Die, when did we see him last? And that's uh, from Amy Prendergast in Evansville, Illinois. And the editor says, in issue three of The Spectre, March, April 1968. Ah. And that's all we have. But that's quite interesting in the whole Earth 1, Earth 2 aspect we were discussing. Yeah. Given what we were just talking about, as far as the, the mm-hmm. narrative sort of picking up, when did we last yeah. see Wildcat? We saw him in the Spectre. So, presumably, Amy then would have run round to her local back issue dealer and tried to get a copy of issue three of the Spectre so she could see what it was leading up to. Indeed. And it, that one is definitely on Earth 2 because it talks about the Justice Society and all that uh-huh. sort of stuff, doesn't it? So, uh-huh. yep. oh my God, what a can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. I don't know. Listeners, what do you think? Please get in touch and let us know what you think about the entire situation. Peter, how can everyone get in touch? Well, you can email us at the earth 2 podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on social media because we'll have some interesting bonus material for this episode and indeed for every episode. On Facebook and Instagram, we're at the Earth 2 Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at podcast underscore Earth 2. Yes, do check out the socials because as well as posting the cover of the comics that we're covering... If that's not repetitious, we post some highlighted panels and, where possible, some more bonus contextual content. Mm-hmm. We're in a bit of a purple patch for the, the foreign market covers for some a lot of the stories that we're covering at the moment, so make sure you have a look. Yeah. See what this story looked like when it's published in Mexico. They're always really interesting. And if you're feeling generous, you go to our coffee page and buy Pizza the Price for Beverage. But if you're feeling even more generous, you could go to wherever it is you get your podcast and leave us a positive review. I'm told that such things are good for our visibility, so that would be appreciated as well. But yeah, please do get in touch. Tell us what you think about Wildcat, what Earth he could be on, and Indeed. tell us what stories you've enjoyed recently or, or maybe which ones you're maybe looking forward to his covering. But please do get in touch. And on that note, I've been Peter. And I've been David. We'll see you again very soon on... The Earth 2 Podcast! Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinates set for Earth Prime. And Bruce Wayne throws a big, rolled-up bundle of... My boxers are coming along fine. Hope I don't let them down when the main event comes up. He says he's boxers. Is he talking about his underpants? (laughs) The jinx. I can't say the same for my briefs. (laughs) Fanta. Um, (laughs) Right.